Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway started a new series called Doubt It, where we will talk about how having questions and even doubts about God doesn't have to be as scary or as shameful as we might think. This week, we talked about how you're not alone in your questions or doubts. We looked at Psalms 22 and 88, and how even the psalmist doubted God and had questions about faith. We hope you are encouraged by this and enjoy this message. All right, so before we get into this week, we're obviously in a new series with that new music, right? Uh, last week, we did some pretty different things. Who, who all was here last week? Uh, just by a show of hands, quite a few of you were here. Some of you are like, I can't even remember, man. It feels like so long ago. Remember last week, if you were here, uh, or if you're not, here's a little bit of what we did. We had no chairs in here, right? And uh, we did things like we took communion together, we prayed for each other, uh, we actually put, a lot of you put your devices up here, like your iPhones your, or any kind of smartphone, your tablets, there are a couple of tablets up here, just like to get distractions away, and we had like a, a few moments of silence. Like it was a, it was a bit weird, right, a bit uncomfortable, um, but how many of you, if we did that again, I asked this in first service, just kind of trying to gauge, how many of you would want to do something like that? again or like maybe the same thing but maybe probably something different you'd be into that okay cool so about half of you maybe as many as raised their hands that they were here uh it was a it was a good morning it was hopefully a morning for you to like practice and that was kind of the idea of the whole thing right put into practice the things that we had been talking about over the previous few weeks and so hopefully you had a chance to do that and maybe it stirred something in you and maybe somebody in here like tried some of those things throughout the week that we did on Sunday so yeah, if you weren't here, we missed you, and, and you, you missed it. We, we wish you could have been here to be a part of it, but we will do something like that again in the future. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty 100% sure now. So this week, though, we are starting a new series. It is called Doubt It. Does anybody want to take a stab at what this new series is about? Anybody? What would you say? Doubting stuff? Nice. Ellie, Ellie, ding, ding, ding. She got it. John Connor, what were you going to say? Could be doubting that God is truly with you. Doubting stuff, right? We'll just leave it at that. So this series is indeed about doubts. It is about questions and specifically related to our faith, right? And so for the next few weeks, we'll, we'll actually talk about it this week, next week. We're going to have a break, and Bob Greer is going to come in here. He's one of our um, small group leaders for high school. He's going to come in. He's going to teach a message. And then the next two weeks after that, we'll pick up back with this series, just so you know where we're going. But we are talking about doubts. We are talking about questioning. And um, maybe like, maybe it's because it's such a big deal in my life, right? right now because I have a two and a half year old who's asking a lot of questions and what do you imagine like what's the most common toddler question does anybody know why right I heard somebody say (laughs) I need to go poop why why uh man don't even get me started on that one he's actually fully poly trained which is amazing right so I know yeah good Thank, thank goodness for that. We prayed for it, and the Lord answered our prayer. Uh, so, but Owen, my two-and-a-half-year-old, he doesn't ask why. Like, we've kind of tried to avoid that word, so I think he doesn't realize that he could ask why right now. But he does ask a lot. He's like, Dad, what what are you doing? Right? That's kind of what he says. Or, Mom, what are you doing? If he... He doesn't even, like, have to see us, right? He could be in his room, and we're downstairs, and he's like, Dad, what are you doing? Right? That's his way of asking why. Like, he's just, he's so curious. Um, yesterday, this is, he wasn't asking questions, but yesterday I was, like, playing some video games with Carson and Sam, and uh, he came in the, in the room, in my, in my gaming room, right? 
And yeah, he's like, Dad, get off games, right? And I said, no, son. I would decide when I get off games, but just kidding. I pretty much got off right after he asked me to. So he's, he's a cutie, but he does ask a lot of questions. And um, I don't know if you can remember like asking a lot of questions of your parents, maybe some that you wouldn't even repeat here in church because you're afraid of how it would come across, right? Um, maybe you were wondering, hey, where did I come from, right? And so you ask your parents, where, where do babies come from? And, and then you were like, why, why, why did I ask that, right? Um, they're from Jesus and the stork, right? We're just as long as we're clear on that. Uh, but you could probably remember asking questions, and and maybe for you, like questions started out innocent enough, right? And and you like asked a bunch of questions, and then maybe you hit a point like me, where where questions and doubting and kind of like digging into things kind of became like in some ways a negative, right? So I can actually remember when I was in second grade, which I, was, I would have been about seven or eight years old, and we lived in Atlanta at the time, or right outside Atlanta, and I can remember in second grade, I was like, I was always a talkative kid. I was always like asking questions. I was always answering questions. And my teacher, like I still look back and I, I she was one of the best teachers I ever had. Um, I don't really falter because I, I don't, I think it was how I interpreted what she said, but she ended up like basically calling a meeting with my parents and essentially said like, hey, Dallas asks a lot of good questions. And he talks a lot about the questions and answers a lot of the questions I ask, but, but he, he talks a lot and he asks a lot of questions. So you can see how that would be like a good, like Dallas is asking a lot of questions. Dallas is asking a lot of questions, right? Like, so this positive and negative thing, and I don't think she meant it to be like, can you please just tell Dallas like, just like zip up his mouth and stop asking things. But, but that's, honestly kind of how I took it. And again, I don't think that she meant anything by it. I don't think she was trying to get me to be, be completely silent. But I remember that being the first time in my life where I was like, maybe it's not a good thing that I ask so much. Maybe it's not a good thing that I'm, I'm asking some of the questions that I'm asking, that I'm as curious as I, as I am. And so maybe you've had both the, the positive effects of like, man, no, it's, it's good to be curious, to which I would say, yes, it is good to be curious. That's how problems get solved in the world. That's how new technologies and cures for diseases get, get solved as, uh, or get found is people are curious and they dive in and try to find answers. But maybe you, you've run in to what I ran into of like, maybe my questions aren't appropriate or like maybe they're not, it's not good to question. Maybe it's not good to, to doubt or at least do it so much, right? And maybe you haven't run into it in school uh, alone, but maybe you've also run into it with your faith and with God and with the Bible. And you guys know part of my story is that when I was in sixth grade up to that point is, is that I, I was Catholic. My family raised us Catholic and me and my sister started asking questions about our faith and about God. And that actually ended up in my parents who said, we don't really know the answer to that, right? Like those heaven and hell kind of questions. And they took us out of church, which I would say that's another moment where it's like, hey, maybe it's not a good thing to doubt. Maybe it's not a good thing to question. Um, but but it's, in, it's in our nature. And, and I actually think that if, if we're ever going to have a real faith of our own, we've got to be able to ask questions. We've got to be able to wrestle with our doubts. We've got to be able to dig into the curiosities that we have about God and our faith, and the Bible. Because only then will, will our faith really become our, our own, right? And so if, some, if you've ever run into the negative side of asking questions, and somebody's told you, especially when it comes to your faith and, and what you believe about God, and somebody's ever told you, stop asking questions, 
maybe they didn't quite mean it like that. Like maybe they were trying to like in the best heart possible, like, hey, let's, maybe now's not the time to talk about that. But I just want to let you know, it is okay to ask questions. It is okay to doubt and wrestle with your doubts. It's okay to wonder and be curious about the things of God and to go after finding question or finding answers to those questions. It's okay. And I want you to know that more than that, it's okay that, that maybe this place, Fellowship Greenville, FG students, your small group, maybe in a conversation with me or even like an outside of Sunday morning meeting with me or Brentley or Rachel or any, any other adult that you trust, maybe that's the place where you can start to find answers to some of your questions. We're here for that. And we don't have all the answers, right? Like we don't, we don't pretend to know everything. Uh, I told first service this, but if we did know everything or we pretended to know everything, be concerned, right? Be concerned because none of us are God. There's only one true God and he's the only one who truly does know it all, right? But if you're having doubts, if you're having questions, one of the things I want, to, I want you to take away from this series is that it's okay to have those going on in your mind and in your heart. What's not okay though is to just let that be. Like, okay, I got doubts, I got questions. You've got to move on it. You've got to dig into it. You've got to search. You've got to find. You've got to talk to somebody. And, and when you do, I truly believe that all pursuits of truth, all, all true pursuits of truth, if I can say it that way, do lead you to God. They do. Like, if, if you search and you don't stop searching, eventually, you know, you're not going to hit water every time you dig underground. But every time you search for truth, you will, you will find God. So this morning, we're going to look in two, uh, two chapters or two songs in the book of Psalms, all right? So if you want to go ahead and turn to the first one, it's verse, or sorry, chapter, I keep, Psalm 88, chapter 88 of Psalms, sounds so weird to me, I don't know why, but it's Psalm 88, and we're going to look at two places where hopefully, uh, one, you will see that you are not alone in your questions, that you're not the only one who's ever had those doubts, had those questions, you're not the only one, only human, and then two, what I want you to see this morning is that in the midst of that, not only are you not alone as far as, like, there, there might even be somebody right next to you who's asking similar things or, or wrestling with similar things, but you're not alone human-wise, but you're also not alone when it comes to God being right there with you in the questioning, in the doubting, and being right there for you to turn to and say, hey, God, I'm wrestling with this. What, what do you think? Where should I go, right? So let's read. We're going to read... Um, It's a little bit more reading than normal, okay? I'll I'll go ahead and warn you. We're going to read the entirety of Psalm 88. Here we go. Uh, It says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to hear my cry. So uh, I'll I'll pause a couple of times as we're reading this, okay? But what you need to know right now is that, that this person, they clearly know that God is there. They clearly know that God is listening. But what you're going to find out is that's, almost where like the hope ends in some ways for them, right? So let's keep going. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves, Selah. Maybe you've seen that word Selah before. It kind of means just to pause, right, to stop for a second. 
So remember, he starts out saying like, hey, I know God's there. Uh, Incline your ear, like listen to me, right? And then he starts to go uh, and talk about all the troubles that he's dealing with, right? And so as much as he knows God's there, he's still in like a really hard place. In fact, he's talking to some extent about like, hey, it kind of feels like you're the one, God, who may have put me in this hard place, right? And maybe, maybe you've felt like that as well before. Let's see if it gets any better. Uh, spoiler, it doesn't. <laughs> you, you have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I'm shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Man, so if you're somebody who like loves poetry or loves song lyrics, like real song lyrics, not mumble rap music, okay? Uh, Lyrics, if that can be considered lyrics. How do they even write that? <laughs> how do you, I don't know how you write that. But man, the, the Psalms, it's, it's a book of songs, S-O-N-G-S, all right? And, and every single one of these things is chock full of like poetic goodness. And so there's some things that, man, I wish that we had time to dig into in this, uh, in this chapter, but it, the Psalms are just each so rich. And what, he, what he's doing here, again, he's, he's saying, hey, God, listen to me. Hear my cry, right? He knows that God is listening at least. Like, that's kind of the one thing that, that he's got to, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to hold on to here. But then he goes on this long list of, like, everything stinks right now. Like, I'm in, I'm in darkness. I'm, I'm practically dead. Like, God, do, do you hear the cries of the dead? And the final thing that he says, right, is darkness is my friend, my companion is darkness. You guys know the song that I'm already thinking about, right? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Right? That, I mean, maybe, maybe that's where you got that lyric from. I don't know. But, but it doesn't look good. And so you, you better believe that this person is have, having some questions right now. They're, they're throwing them out there in the psalm. You got to believe that this person is having some doubts. Like, hey, God, when are you going to show up? You know, to, to the point, they're, they're saying, like, God, it seems like you're the one who put me here, so when are you going to be the one to rescue me? When are you going to be the one to bring me out? And here, here's what I want to say from reading this chapter. People have had doubts and questions and wonderings and thoughts of, is God even there? Like, does he even care long before you and I? In fact, this psalm was written before Jesus came onto the scene, even, right? And people have had those thoughts ever since, and they're having those thoughts, doubts, wonders, questions, whatever you want to say, they're having them right now, and it might be the person who's sitting next to you. Here's my point, is that you and I are not alone in our doubts and questions. You and I are not alone. 
And yet, the enemy, the devil, wants us to believe more than anything else that we are alone. That we're on our own in this thing. And that part of that is that you are alone in your questions and your doubts and that nobody would understand. And if you were to say it out loud, then people might think that you're a freak or that you're not a Christian anymore or, th- or they might get mad at you. That's, that's what the enemy wants you to believe. But, but we just saw in the book of Psalms, Psalm 88, this, this guy, the, the, the author, lays it all out openly, honestly, publicly. To the point where thousands of years later, we're now reading it today in 2020, right? The struggles, the doubts, the questions. The enemy wants you to keep all that silent and never tell anybody so that you can never like actually seek answers. But God wants you and I to express our doubts and our questions openly, honestly, and publicly. Because there, there's, there's freedom, there's Hey, wow, wait, you, you think that too? Like, well, we're in this together. Let's, let's seek truth. Let's seek the things of God together. There's something that happens when you actually express the doubts and the thoughts that are going on in your mind. And you can start the journey in, a, in maybe like a more forceful way, going, hey, these are some of the questions I have. Let's seek them together. So remember, the first thing I want you to know is you are not alone and I am not alone in our doubts and questioning. There are people, maybe even right here in this room, possibly even next to you, who are thinking and asking the same things that you are thinking and asking. So what might happen if you engaged with them on those questions and you started to seek out answers together? Don't hide it away. Express it. You don't have to tell the world about it, right? But like some trusted people, and you don't, you don't need to carry those questions and doubts and struggles and like, I don't, I don't know if any of this, you can, you can do it with other people. You know, in fact, this whole idea of wrestling and doubting and questioning, um, this is actually something that I think you guys are in the perfect stage to do right now, right? Up to this point, especially if you've been in the church for any length of time, here's what's kind of been happening, is you've gone to church because your family takes you to church, Right? And you, you're a Christian, maybe some of you, because, well, I'm a Christian because my family's Christian, right? Isn't that, like, how it works? And, you know, I think that there's a lot of positives in that. Like, you guys have heard about Jesus, some of you, since you were in the womb, right? Like, you can remember just being a little fetus and hearing the gospel. I don't know. That sounds weird. But, uh, but you've, you've been coming to church, like, since you were in your mom's stomach, and it, it's just become a way of life. But now, with the way your brains are wired and how everything's kind of kick-starting in your brains, like this is actually scientific stuff, right? Like, now you're starting to question. Now you're starting to wonder. Now you're starting to have doubts, and you should. Because a real faith in Jesus is not one where you just hold on to the coattails or, or the, the back of your mom's shirt or your, your dad's pant leg and just ride their faith in Jesus, Real, true faith is you and I encountering Jesus for ourselves, asking questions, wrestling with doubt, and being transformed by the Holy Spirit. Ourselves. Not, hey, just because I'm a part of this family, that must mean I'm a Christian. That must mean that I'm saved. That's not, that's not how it works. And so now is a time where you guys should be asking questions like, wait, how does Jesus actually affect my life? How, how does this make a difference? What does it actually mean for me to be saved and for me to be transformed? And like whatever other doubts and questions you have too, like now's the time to engage them. 
Now's the time. So if you need permission, there it is, all right? Now, we're going to read in chapter 22, Psalm 22, if you want to turn over there. It is a little bit longer, okay? But I'll, I'll make, take some pauses, and pretty much this is the last thing that we're doing, and then we're wrapping up and going to small groups, okay? It's a little bit longer. This one was actually written by David, okay? King David, probably somebody you're decently familiar with. Even if you've never come to church, you've probably heard about King David before. Um, and this one, unlike the last one, it kind of starts out with some... Uh, with some hopelessness, and then ends up with some hope. Or like, hey, I do know that God's there. I do know that he's faithful, and so I'm going to trust that, all right? So let's start reading and see what we can take from the words of King David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, all right? So that might already sound familiar. We'll pause there just for a second. This, ver- or this chapter, some people actually wonder, there's so much that sounds familiar, sounds like Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That some people wonder if this was actually a psalm that Jesus recited. It's not there in the, in the gospel accounts for us. But some people wonder, there's so much that sounds the same. Did, was Jesus actually like saying this, reciting this chapter while he was on the cross? It's kind of an interesting thing to think about, and you'll see a little more why as we keep going, right? So, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry day, uh, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, and you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them, To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. So already he's like, hey, uh, you know, stuff is hard. Life gets hard. But already, I know, I remember, God, you were faithful to the people who came before me. And I'm trusting that you will be faithful to me. Or or is he? He seems to be like going back and forth, right? Verse 6 says, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me... Mock, all who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. That's how they're mocking him, right? Yet you who are, uh, you who are he who took me from the womb, you made me tr- uh, trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. See, he's like, got this back and forth kind of wrestling, like, God, I know you're good, but life is still really hard. Verse 12, many bulls encompass me, strong bulls from Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like ravening and roaring lions. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. Again, if you like music, lyrics, and poetry, then the Psalms is the book for you. For God encompass, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Right? Again, imagery that might make you think of Jesus being on the cross. I can, I can count all my bones. I can see the individual bones in my body because my, my body is so worn. They cast lots for my clothing, just like they did for Jesus' clothes as he was put on the cross. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. 
Oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. Just a few more verses. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him, as shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to to a people yet unborn, that he has done it or that he has done it, that it is finished, right? Is that actually another way to translate that last bit, that last line? Man, and there is, somebody was fake mm, doing that over here, but man, there is so much good stuff in that, right? And it, it does in so many ways point to Jesus. And again, it's this like back and forth that David is, is going through in his own heart and own mind, and maybe you've been there too. Like maybe you've been in, whether it's your, you look at your life and you see more similarities in Psalm 22 or Psalm 88, the first one that we read, and you've, you've experienced dark things in life. You, you've experienced hard times in life, whether it's struggling with some certain sin that you keep going back to, or it's something that's happening in your family, or it's something that's just like a, just a battle like in your own soul. I don't know what it is, but you and I have experienced tough things in life, more likely than not. And there's times in the midst of that toughness, in in the midst of that darkness that you wonder, like, is God still really God? Like, is he still really good? We sang about good father just a couple minutes ago, right? Is he still really a good father? Like, what gives? Because if he is good, this doesn't feel good, and he doesn't seem to be showing up. And David maybe speaks for us when, when we can't really speak, but... He says, yes, those things are true. Life is really hard. It feels like I'm surrounded by dogs. It feels like my body is so withered away that I can count all of my bones, right? But he, he still, in the end, says, but God is still God, and there will come a day where, where every nation will bow down to him. People from every tribe, no, every tribe, tongue, and, and nation will bow down to the one true God. He is still faithful, and if God is faithful, then I can keep moving forward. So the first thing I wanted you to know was that you are not alone, that there are people right beside you who are asking similar questions. The second thing is that not only are you not alone when it comes to other people, but you're not alone when it comes to God. God's right there with you in the midst of your questioning, in the midst of your doubting, in the midst of your wondering. And he is the one who ultimately has all the answers. That you can turn to him, and while he may not speak directly to you, like through the clouds, right? Like he may not speak audibly to you. He does want you to speak to him and share your questions and your doubts with him and ask him, Lord, where do I turn? And I got to believe that as you cry out to him, as the psalmist said, 
And when I cry out to God, he, he does, he answers, he shows up. It may not be in the way that I expected. It may not be in the way that I would have written, but in some way, shape, or form, God will show, show up in that. So what would happen if you stopped hiding your questions and your doubts? And maybe you've got them right now, or maybe you will have them eventually. Like, I promise you, you will have questions, you will have doubts, or you're not thinking, right? You're not, you're not considering, what is it do I really believe? And that's a huge part of our faith. What would happen if whenever that occurs to you, whenever you have questions, whenever you have doubts, instead of hiding them away, you believed that there were people around you who have experienced the same thing or are experiencing the same thing, and that compelled you to actually open up about it and invite other people into that journey with you. And what would happen if you realize that no matter who you are, where you are, what your questions are, God is with you in the midst of that, right there for, for you or I to turn to and to ask questions of. And what if you believe that he actually would show up and answer in some way, shape, or form? I think that that would change how we tackle doubts and questions. And thankfully, Jesus has made a way through the cross, which so much of Psalm 22 mirrored, for us to be able to have that conversation with God and for us to be able to have that openness and community with each other. Maybe you'll get a chance to do that right now in your small groups. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for not being surprised by our doubts and questions, not being um, upset at them uh, by any means, God, but you're a God who wants us to dig in. You want us to be curious. You want us to seek out answers Um, because I believe you know that At the end of our seeking, we will find you. So, Father, help us to engage our doubts and our questions and our wondering. Maybe even this week, maybe even today in our our small groups, would we be able to share with somebody the things that we're thinking and would we receive love and not judgment? Would we receive um, a helping hand and not, not one that turns us away? We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.